This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Greg Elliott and this is Sport Today, a weekday sports news podcast designed to keep you on the ball. And I'm Gemma Ryan. It's Thursday, the 22nd of April. In your Sport Today, the ESL news keeps on coming and the NBL launch a hardship fund for their players. Plus, protests will be banned on the podium at Tokyo and Paul Gowan's boxing match over in the first round. All right, Gem, let's dive in. The Europe Super League, or ESL, is all but dead in the water. After Manchester City and Chelsea announced on Tuesday that they were withdrawing from the league, the rest of the English clubs have swiftly followed. And now four of the remaining six founding clubs have dropped out to Gem, with only Barcelona and Real Madrid yet to make an official statement. Yeah, nothing official yet, that's true, but Barcelona captain Gerard Piquet did appear to take issue with the ESL, tweeting, and I quote, Football belongs to the fans today more than ever. A sentiment Barcelona coach Ronald Koeman said he agreed with as well. Either way, Atletico Madrid, Juventus, AC Milan and Inter Milan are all out now too. And Juventus chairman and vice chairman of the new ESL, Andrea Agnelli, was quite clear as to why. When asked if it could still happen after the six English clubs withdrew, he said, and I quote, To be frank and honest, no, evidently that is not the case. Agnelli said he still remains convinced of the validity of the project, but many other clubs have now started issuing some pretty lengthy apologies to their fans, including Manchester United, Manchester City and Liverpool. It sounds like there's some damage control going on there, Gem. ESL organisers now say they'll be reconsidering the most appropriate steps to reshape the project, but they still think that the status quo of football in Europe needs to change. There's been some questions asked about whether the English Premier League clubs who moved to join the league should be punished somehow in the EPL, but there's been no confirmation on any of that yet, Jim. The NRL has launched an investigation yesterday after footage circulated of a Parramatta Eels player having sex with a woman in a toilet stall. A statement from the Eels has said the video was filmed illegally by another person without the consent of those in the footage, so... What happens next, Jim? Well, the president of the NRL Integrity Unit is leading the investigation as it hasn't been reported to the police. In New South Wales, it's illegal to film intimate content without consent, with different fines and penalties applicable too, including jail time. As for the player, he could still face sanctions for putting himself in a vulnerable position, and the woman involved is reportedly preparing legal action against the person who filmed the video. Now, in other much different NRL news, a former New South Wales state of origin and Australian test player Trent Merrin is retiring, Greg. Yeah, effective immediately. He announced that yesterday, 13 origin games, seven tests and 250 first grade games all up is a pretty good CV for the 31-year-old. He played a bulk of his games at the St George Illawarra Dragons, starting and finishing his career there and winning a premiership with them in 2010. Fun fact, he was previously engaged to surfer Sally Fitzgibbons, who will represent Australia at the Tokyo Olympics, but is now in a long-term relationship and has a child with his partner, Jessica. The Australian Basketball League, the NBL, announced on Monday that a hardship fund would be distributed to players impacted by COVID-related pay cuts. Yesterday, these players indicated they are now seeking legal advice after not being satisfied with the fund. 
So, Jem, what were the initial pay cuts and why was the fund introduced? Well, Greg, last year players agreed to salary cuts in order to keep the comp alive during COVID. It was a tiered system with players in the base 60,000 salary unaffected, all the way up to players over 200,000 having a cut of 50%. The hardship fund they announced on Monday totals $350,000, but given how many players there are, it means a maximum of $4,000 per individual. The reason they're seeking legal advice now, Greg, is because they were told they could be fined if they refused to play out the season. Players Association Chief Executive Jacob Holmes admitted it was an extremely challenging time for the players, but the hardship fund was the best they could offer. He also mentioned players could apply for more than $4,000, particularly if they play in the finals. As for after this season, well, players who sign on for next year or beyond will be provided their full salary rights again. No protests while on the podium at the Tokyo Olympics, Gemma. It was announced overnight after two-thirds of athletes polled by the International Olympic Committee supported a ban on protests or taking a knee in relation to human rights abuses. They can still share their views at press conferences, though, Jim. They can, but the IOC Athletes Commission says freedom of speech is not absolute and might be limited. The commission did say, however, that there would be increased opportunities for athletes' expression during the Games, and they may look to include a moment of solidarity against discrimination at the opening ceremony. At time of recording, the Australian Olympic Committee hasn't commented, but the US Olympic Committee has said it will not punish athletes for demonstrations such as kneeling or raising a fist. NRL star turned boxer Paul Gallen knocked out Lucas Brown in Wollongong last night in just 115 seconds. Brown went in as favourite as he's a former heavyweight champion and weighed in pre-fight at 117 kilos compared to Gallen's 102 Brown also has the advantage in height and experience, so not many people saw this coming, Jim. Yeah, certainly not. It now looks as though Brown will go in as a heavy underdog against Australian champion Justice Hooney in July. As for what's next for Gallen, his record is now 11 wins, zero losses, one draw, and has a few fights in the works. He wants to fight Hooney as well. A rematch with former AFL star Barry Hall is on the cards, as well as a potential bout against fellow former NRL star Sonny Bill Williams. Catch This is our daily look at the stuff people are talking about from an epic sporting moment, an obscure sport update, or an event to pop in your calendar. Gemma, our Olympic soccer teams found out their Olympic opponents last night, and they have some tough competition. The Matildas will face World Cup champs the US, 2016 silver medalists Sweden, and New Zealand making up the fourth spot in their group. Meanwhile, the men's team, the Oli Roos, have international heavyweights Spain and Argentina, as well as Egypt. It was never going to be easy, but that looks very hard. <laughs> yeah, that, that really does. I can't imagine a much harsher group than that. And in what is an impressive feat, but is basically my worst nightmare, Greg, a Sydney teacher has become the first woman to swim a complete lap of Lord Howe Island while flanked by schools of sharks. Ocean swimmer Lauren Tischendorf completed the 35-kilometre distance in 13 hours and 50 minutes, all while battling waves and currents, along with those sharks I mentioned, Greg. Did I mention there were sharks? <laughs> Many no, sharks. were there sharks? <laughs> <laughs> they had tiger sharks as well. Oh, terrifying. That's all from us here at Sport Today. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Tomorrow.